Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. Using pain management in the dental setting can really help our patients to overcome some of their fears and the anxiety that they may feel or associate with dental treatment. And a lot of patients come to us with stories of past experiences that create a lot of challenges for us to provide treatment and services. So thank goodness we have the use of pain management for our patients. It's important for the dental hygiene student to understand that pain is both physiological and psychological for our patients. And it's really just a protective response that is really individualized for each patient. And we have to process that in a very judgment-free way with our patients and be very responsive to how our patients manage their own level of pain. Now, the definition of pain is known as a sensation of discomfort, which results in an emotional experience that covers a wide range of varying severities. This can be very mild, and it can go to a very severe experience. It results in either actual or potential harm. And this is all about perception for our patients. So we wanna be very astute at understanding pain. In this episode, we're going to cover some of the fundamentals associated with patient management and pain management for our patients that helps us as clinicians to consider the fear and the anxiety that's associated typically with dental pain and dental treatment. We're going to talk about some of the major terms and definitions associated with pain management and the ways that we can help our patients work through some of their fears that they may have around the topic of pain management. Are you looking for study sheets? I've created study sheets that cover the content of this episode. If you're interested or that's something that's going to help you on your learning journey, you can click the link listed right in the description of these show notes. Happy studying. Just like you learned in previous podcasts when we were discussing dental terms associated with infection, there are similar terms associated with pain. So acute pain has a sudden onset, and it can last a few minutes up to about six months or more. Most acute pain is associated with trauma, injury, or disease. That makes sense, right? So it's sudden onset pain. Chronic pain is pain that lasts longer than six months, and this extends beyond what is expected. The duration of healing time has already gone past and the patient is still experiencing chronic pain. So something that extends beyond the expected time limit is considered chronic pain. It's important to keep in mind that pain can vary from person to person and the absolute pain threshold is different between individuals. Pain is a neurological experience. Now where pain is perceived from, some painful stimuli is received or transmitted to the brain. 
It's important to know that when we feel pain, has nothing to do with our tolerance or our reaction to pain. Luckily for us as clinicians, pain perception can be totally removed with local anesthesia. Each patient has their own unique personal interpretation and response to pain. This is considered their psychological reaction to pain. This varies greatly from person to person. This provides us as clinicians the indication or amount of pain that a patient is able to endure during a procedure. Now, if a patient has a low response to pain, it just simply means that they react to pain sooner rather than later. A patient with a high response to pain can withstand more pain before there is a reaction or a response. It is important to know and understand the difference between pain perception or threshold and pain tolerance or reaction. These terms are very different, so I want you to think about this. Pain perception or threshold is the point in which a stimulus first produces a sensation of pain. This is a psychological reaction and it has very little variability among patients. Now pain tolerance or reaction indicates the amount of pain an individual is willing or able to endure and this varies greatly from person to person. This is a psychological response in nature. Now pain reaction threshold is different than pain threshold or pain tolerance. It is the moment when pain crosses the threshold of tolerance and a psychological reaction occurs. This can vary from day to day and be influenced by many factors. Things like emotional state, time of day, stress, fatigue, culture, age, gender, genetics, all of these things are influential factors. Two of the most influential considerations that impact the pain reaction threshold are fatigue, which is also known as stress, and emotional state of our patients. It's important for the dental hygiene student to understand the difference between fear, anxiety, and true phobia. You may even experience a little of these yourself when you are practicing local anesthesia skills with a student partner. Now, fear is a feeling of fright or dread related to an identifiable source. Knowing that you're going to receive an injection from a student who has never given local anesthesia before may invoke some fear, and that's understandable. Now, let's talk about anxiety. Anxiety is a nonspecific feeling of apprehension, worry, or stress, or dread. Now, the source of your anxiety can be known or not known. It presents itself as restlessness, tension, and sometimes even some tachycardia. You may experience this when you are giving or receiving some of your first injections with a student partner. But remember, this is from the perspective for your patients, but I know that you can relate this to yourself right now if you are taking pain management. Phobia 
is a persistent and irrational fear of something very specific, such as an object, and in this case, a needle. You can also have a phobia to an activity or a situation that results in avoidance or the desire to avoid the stimulation of the fear emotion. That is a true definition of a phobia. It's important to understand how our body responds to pain. Sensory receptors detect stimuli for our five senses, hearing, sight, smell, taste, and touch. The sensory receptors relay stimuli to the central nervous system for interpretation. Now, first is a response to pain that occurs in that central nervous system, and it activates the sympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system stimulates the release of norepinephrine and epinephrine. Now, nociceptors are sensory receptors that detect pain. Nociceptor pain is a type of pain that's typically caused by injury or disease. Nociceptor pain can feel sharp, throbbing, or aching. The primary function of the nociceptors is to relay information to areas of the brain as to whether or not the person is aware of the injury or the disease. The nociceptors are activated by chemical, thermal, and mechanical stimuli. Now, even for a patient who is suffering from chronic pain, the nociceptors are always stimulating the signs of pain to the body to provide a feedback loop to make an awareness level that there is injury or damage. What is great news for us as dental professionals is that anesthesia is a drug that causes reversible loss of the nociceptor function for a short duration. That means that the anesthesia can depress the excitation of the nerve endings and stop the nociceptors from creating that pain loop. As a result of this action, the stimuli cannot reach the brain and register as pain when the anesthesia is administered. This opens up so many possibilities for us to provide treatment to our patients who experience fear, anxiety, and true phobias. The key is to learning and understanding how to get patients to overcome the fear, anxiety, and phobias to receive the initial injection. There are some really specific things that you can do as a clinician to help recognize that your patient has some fear, they may have some anxiety, and they may have a true phobia associated with the pain management procedures that they're about to receive. So when they're coming into the dental office, oftentimes they know that this is coming and they've thought about it and they've, they're kind of coming in a little bit ramped up. It's really important for you to have good communication with your patient about what the treatment is that is planned and why they need to have the local anesthesia in order to successfully have the treatment done. You're not really able to perform your job the way that you need to unless your patient is comfortable and safe to treat in the chair. And part of that communication process that you have with your patient includes the discussion about their care plan and the need for local anesthesia. 
And you can talk to your patients about how you need to access some of these areas and that you want them to be comfortable during the procedure and that you are going to help work them through the process of receiving this injection. Now, part of your training is to receive injections on your student partners so that you're able to work through these communication techniques with one another, because some of you may have never had local anesthesia before. So I think it's really important to practice your communication skills about local anesthesia use and need while you're working with your student partners. You can do some role playing. And this also lends itself to the next key point, and that is empathy. You don't want to devalue your patient's fear, anxiety, and phobias. You want to be very empathetic to what they're going to be experiencing or what they're going through but always having a focus on comfort, right? This is called pain management for a reason. You want your patient to be as relaxed and as comfortable as they can possibly be in the dental chair while you're doing the procedures that you need to do for your patient. And then the third key point, and this is really important, but it's not more important than communication or empathy, and that is your technique. There are specific techniques that you are going to use while you are taking pain management that's really going to help with the whole experience that your patient has when they receive an injection from you in the clinical setting. There are certain ways to bevel the instrument and certain positions and techniques that you are going to learn that will help minimize the pain that the patient experiences when you perform your injection. So part of the successful use of local anesthesia during patient care is your technique, but even more important is your communication and the empathy that you show to your patient. It's also about the words that you use when you're discussing when you're communicating with your patient, you don't want to use words like stab, shot, needle, hurt, pain, all of those really uh, triggering words. You want to have a way of communicating with your patient where you get the information across without using fear-provoking words. And so these are some of the techniques that you are going to learn while you're taking pain management. And it's really important for you to practice these communication skills, show empathy, and learn the proper techniques to make it a good experience for your patient. There are some proven strategies that can be implemented to help our patients who present with fear anxiety, and phobias about any kind of dental treatment or pain, or even the process of receiving local anesthesia. For many patients, these elements are present at the start of each and every visit and should be considered by the clinician when we are providing treatment. And yes, sometimes we have to use these strategies every single time that our patient comes in for an appointment. Oftentimes, as we develop relationships with our patients and we build trust with our patients over time and our patients become more routine, 
we will notice a change in the level of their dental fear and anxiety for sure. But most of the time, every time those patients who have true phobias or true fears and high levels of anxiety, every time they come into the office, you need to implement the same strategies because the consistency is also one of the strategies that will help reduce their fears. How we communicate with our patients, both verbally and non-verbally, provide an opportunity for us as clinicians to ease our patients' fears and establish trust between ourselves and our patients in order to move forward with treatment on a consistent basis. And I can't say enough about how much building trust really helps relieve fear and anxiety with our patients. I don't think we consider that enough that patients expect to see us when they come in and they develop trusting relationships with us and they rely on us to help them overcome their fears. You will often hear a patient say, I want to see her. She understands me. And those are complimentary conversations that your fear patients will typically have with your front desk people once you've established that trusting relationship. So building that trust really helps relieve their fear and their anxiety. And this is true with our younger populations with whom we want to establish really good dental experiences with early on. There's lots of research that indicate that children who have dental experiences that are seen in a negative way when they are young will carry that on into adulthood. And that will actually create a barrier for them to receive adequate routine preventive care. So think about how you can make an impact, a lifelong impact on your younger populations when we establish positive dental experiences with them early on. We also wanna consider that our older patients who may have gone extended amounts of time away from care, who probably are feeling a little ashamed, maybe a little overwhelmed about the size of their treatment plan, or embarrassed, that may create or invoke a higher level of fear for those patients to really tackle what they need to do for their dental health. The hill might seem too big to climb and their dental health situation carries with it a lot of other baggage that you can really help your patient deal with. Establishing that trusting relationship with all of these different types of patients goes a long way at setting these patients on a journey towards adequate dental health and routine care, which is what the goal is. Take the time to acknowledge your patient's concerns in an empathetic and caring way. Your efforts will go a long way in helping put your patients at ease by making them feel heard, by making them feel cared for, and most importantly, answering their questions and making them feel like you understand them. Take the time to carefully answer the questions that your patients have with a very caring and approachable demeanor that is free of any judgment. We don't always know the story behind our patients and how they present in the clinical setting. 
and you want to establish this relationship with your patient to help reduce their fears. So it has to be free of judgment in order for you to be effective. Negotiating and navigating through this aspect of the appointment can really take some practice. What I've discovered is that if you keep your patient's needs at the center of everything that you do, this strategy will come with relative ease and it will feel natural. Your patient will also feel that you are genuine and that you are sincere in your efforts to help them. This will continue the trust building and as a result, initiate what you want and you desire for your patient. You want compliance for care and you want them to seek out routine care and complete their treatment. And this will happen when your patient knows that you have their best interest at heart. Uh, an additional strategy you want to consider is to provide the patient with some sense of control over their environment. It's okay to instruct your patient to raise their hand if they feel any discomfort at all. This provides an opportunity for the patient to feel like they have a little bit of control or the ability to cope. And this is an important component of being able to tolerate dental treatment. They may not raise their hand, but giving the patient the option to do so makes them feel like they have a little bit of control and they feel a little less vulnerable during the procedure. This gives the patient a little more ability to cope with the stressful situation of being in the dental chair. Some of the general principles that I will leave you with when you are working with your patients who have high levels of fear, anxiety, or even true phobias, and they are ramped up at their appointment knowing that they have to receive local anesthesia. Think about, would you be willing to be your own patient based on how you are caring for the patient in your chair? You want to treat your patient like a human being with dignity, and that is a primary focus. You wanna be able to appreciate their perspective. Treat your patient to the level of their tolerance and what they're able to put themselves through. And you want to create good intervals and time between the appointments, continuing to keep those things in mind. Reassess for changes in the behavior throughout the appointment because your patient's behavior may change as the procedure progresses. You also wanna treat your patient to your tolerance. Keep yourself from getting frustrated because sometimes dealing with high anxiety and true fears can be very exhausting for you as the clinician. We sometimes will absorb that energy. But if you always treat your patient as if you would be willing to be the patient in your care, it's a good guiding principle for you. Thanks for listening today. In our next episode, we are going to further develop our understanding of local anesthesia. It is one of the riskiest treatments that we perform as a dental hygienist. And in that episode, we're going to take a look at all of the safety precautions that you need to take as a clinician 
to reduce the risk that can occur in the dental setting. I hope you join me. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.